Priscilla Rice, y'all. He wasn't pretty unless you were in love with him. Then, anytime you met anyone with those same monkey eyes, that burnt sugar skin, the face wider than it was long, well, you were in for it. His family came from Michoacan, all chaparritos, every one of them, even short by Mexican standards. But to me, he was perfect. I'm to blame. Flavio Munguilla was just ordinary Flavio until he met me. I filled up his head with a million and one carinitos. Then he was ruined forever. Walked different, looked people in the eye when he talked, ran his eyes across every pair of nalgas and chichis. I'm sorry. Once you tell a man he's pretty, there's no taking it back. They think they're pretty all the time. <laughs> and I suppose in a way they are. It's good to do with, you know, believing it. Just, just the way I used to believe I was pretty. Before Flavio Munguia wore all my prettiness away. Don't think I haven't noticed my girlfriend back home who got the good lookers. They all look twice their age now. Old Romala Coraxes exploding inside their hearts and bellies. Because a pretty man is like a too fancy car or a real good stereo or a microwave oven. <laughs> Late or early, sooner or later, you're just asking for it. <laughs> know what I mean? Flavio, he wrote poems and signed them, Rogelio Velasco. And maybe I would still be in love with him if he wasn't already married to two women, one in Tampico and the other one in Matamoros. Well, that's what they say anyway. Who knows why the universe singled me out, Lupe Arredondo. Stupid are out among women. Stupid are thou among women. <laughs> Once I was as solid as a sailor on her sea legs, the days rolling steadily beneath me, and then Flavio Munguia arrived. <laughs> <laughs> Live performances of verse and rhythm at the Oak Cliff Cultural Center, Dallas, Texas. You just heard actor and poet Priscilla Rice reading one of her very favorite pieces, Bien Pretty, by Sandro Cisneros, an author that inspires Priscilla and whose adapted plays such as The House on Mango Street, Priscilla has had the joy and honor of acting in verse and rhythm. Produced by Priscilla Rice. Welcome to the journey. You are listening to episode three of the Poets Roundtable series. This episode includes live performances by Alex Spoken Word Frazier, Joe Tave, Mantrice, Michael Mr. Humanity Gwynn, Rodney Garza. Sailor Watkins and X Blue Rain.
ladies and gentlemen, our esteemed host, Port B. Randall. Your beautiful fool, electric black skin made me lust for your touch. Your lashes whispering against my face made me want more of the night. Your heavy brown eyes speak to my soul in a language of its own in hell. If this ain't love, I ain't missing it. You make my body bend and melt like liquid notes from a jazz sax. Your kisses clothe my mouth and me like dew on my best Sunday morning right before dawn like it was just meant to be. Your kisses are so correct and your, your caress is so in touch with what I need. I'm counting on you, morning, to bring me back tonight again. Yeah. Okay. okay. So... We're going to get this thing started with Man Trees to the microphone. Man Trees, people, where you from? I'm from Oklahoma City, and I have a book out called In My Heart Cried Out. You can find me at mentreeswilson.com. I spent a whole year trying to erase the past 16 years of my life as his wife. Addicted to numbing the pain so I can cope. Every now and then revisiting my own past pain, my own personal Hennessy Cabasier of cocaine. Mm -hmm. Refusing to feel is how I'm able to live. So I call that survivor of the numbness. My aptitude to numb the way I feel is how I made it through. I'm trying to exist in the present while I'm still in the midst of the shadows of my broken past. Y'all, I'm trying to move on half hill. Hell, now that I think about it, I'm half alive. See, I'm fighting my way through a war that I never should have been enlisted. I was automatically drafted without my permission. But I had the battle scars proving that I was really there. I was never given a purple heart or even honored. I was just trying to be a good wife, but I wasted half of my life. But see, I refuse to let my past define me. I've come too far to keep looking behind me. So if y'all looking for me in my future, will y'all find me? All right. <laughs> All right. All right. Show us the love again. All right. So what do you feel like, Alex? A spoken word, Frazier. So, Alex, tell us where you're from. Uh, I'm from North South. I'm a New York City, Brick City kid. Oh, Brick City, that's Newark, New Jersey, for those of y'all who don't know that. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, how long have you been doing this spoken word thing? Actually, I just thought of something. Today marks the two-year anniversary that I started and even started this whole spoken word thing. So Look at you. In April 27th, 2011, at the Pussycat Lounge on Weaver, but that's when I made my debut. You can't so, say that. Oh. I'm joking. Like the biblical Jesus 
was to the Pharisees as we've been too blind to see that the only thing that will set us free is love and it's enlightening. Scores of wars has caused blood to pour from the pores of the poor and what for? So the powers that be can have a monopoly and properly. They have the poor taking a false stance as they finance both sides as they hide behind the mask of the real task as they bask on the flower bed of bees. To them it is all a gag when mothers receive a folded a flag and a body bag leaving them bereaved and deceived. It's strange to me how for the highest life form this type of behavior has become the norm when at one time people were so warm and kind. It's great to know that love can conquer hate and I'm sure that's the cure but it seems like we've lost our ever loving minds. In 69, we supposedly put a man on the moon one month after June, and we're able to get a package from New York to L.A. by noon while listening to iTunes through rain and hail without fail, either with the skies or the grace of grace. But yet, in the event of a disagreement between two countries on the same continent, we still solve our problem in primitive ways. There's no other way I can put it other than human beings have gone ballistic. Perhaps this goes to show that we've watched too many nature shows and we resorted to being animalistic. Praying on those that pray while false prophets continue to profit, it seems to be wow. that the captains of the industry have been bit by a bug called greed. They've gone klepto by creating the 45 goals of the Communist Manifesto, so therefore they live by a different creed. Somehow they think necessary is war, poverty, and disease. They straight want to depopulate everyone from the islands of Japan to Belize. For some reason or another, we think we have to kill our sisters and brothers just to ensure our survival. Yet the generations, many messengers have come along to prove that this manifestation is a miseducation, but I think we still wait on high consciousness for its arrival. But if we get it in our minds to be colorblind and not have race as an issue, we can fly beyond the clouds above that it's all about love and the racism can discontinue. Ebony and ivory would no longer have to be a rivalry and things like affirmative action can cease to exist. Be it black, Puerto Rican, or Anglo will blend like the colors of the rainbow to come together like fingers on the hands to make a fist. This racism is killing me and the coldness of this world is chilling me, leaving me with the goosebumps of a harsh reality. But just like that of getting gang and the truth between two rival gangs, we can all coexist hence duality. So what is it going to take for my fellow human beings to get this memo? At this rate, we will all be laid out dead, ready to be driven off and live Our kind will cease to exist and there'll be no one around surviving. I just said ready to be driven off and live but there'll be no one around to do the driving. Like Michael Jackson said, we need to heal the world by little boys and girls before any more hatred inflates like a balloon. It begins with the man in the mirror because if it doesn't get any clearer, we'll all be gone too soon because humanity don't give a damn about humanity. This is one of my favorite spaces to be, honestly. I love it. I love it because it's fresh and people just come to share. I wish more of you wanted to share today. But um, this... uh, man I met when I first started uh, in this poetry scene um, in a little place, I think we were in Irving, Texas at a little, uh, it was a recreational center. Do you remember? He doesn't remember. <laughs> Michael, Gwen, Michael Gwen was there and I, I shared my work for the first time. I had just uh, uh, published a book and uh, Michael Gwynn was there, and you were very encouraging. I shall never forget. It was a spot that uh, Prudence and The Voice had that space in. So uh, the energy was just very beautiful that night. I learned a lot about uh, poetry um, because it, nothing was contained. It was not in a box. 
everybody was different and uh, most definitely I think that uh, I bought all three of your CDs that night. I think it was three. I think it's three I have. But Michael Gwynn, guys, Mr. Humanity, as he calls himself now, is an amazing writer. He is amazing also for what he does in the poetry community because uh, without Michael Gwynn providing uh, spaces to do, uh, for poets to share their work, I think that uh, Dallas and Fort Worth would be not so far along in, in this process. And so, Michael, we thank you for what you do in the community and for who you are uh, to spoken word and, and all of that. So, guys, welcome to the stage. This amazing poet, Michael Gwynn. This is Somebody's gonna know somebody, all they can sell. Please support, 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 and that's all I have to say about that. You can Google it, I guarantee you'll find each of us has something going on. Just Google poetry, spoken word, and adventure play. You you even have to Google a certain name or a certain venue, it will come up, I guarantee you, because we have been very active in promoting poetry and spoken word and slam. Poem for my mom. Uh, you said I was born. A bastard. That's what you told me, Mama. Dark moon of your nightmare. Half and half of a sum, the not whole of a sum from a story retold over and over again from the center of my soul. I was just three minutes removed from being torn from the uterus of then back when the sun turned its back and shadows cried. And even though just a seed, I could still feel you bleed from daddy's dirty deed, but he was the bastard, mama, not me. I remember swimming inside you, you lay near death. And when you were well enough to feel my movement, your anger and resentment rumbled like thunder. And I wondered how much longer I had to be before you got rid of me. And even though an unwanted fetus, I knew who I was, mama, your son, the unchosen one. But... In the ovum of that moment, I felt you conceived my existence, no longer resisting the urge to murder the unborn metaphor and leave me lying in a pool of aborted promises. And that day, the day I learned to escape danger by dodging coat hangers, jabbing with the anger of the desperate stranger you'd become. That day, I felt you scraping and screaming as you squad to be free of me, and you almost did, Mama, but I hung on, clinging to your womb like a dangling participle, clutching a poem yet written. I survived, Mama. I survived to prove that the statistics are just bullshit. And I ain't nobody's misfit. And I can still hear you screaming, boy, you ain't going to be spit. But I am. And I will no longer be a pun for food stamps or income taxes. I am more than that. I am more. I am more than just firm, jettisoned from the tomb of my father's already limp affections. I am more than that. I am more. And I wish you'd love me like I loved you. I wish you'd love me like I loved you. I loved you, mama. Still, you said I was born a bastard. So this poem is for all those times you beat me for looking like him. 
And the slime, the tide that binds me to the umbilical of those moments where you made me feel like a weed without roots at the foot of an empty family tree. There was no one there, just me. But I am not like my father, mama. I am living proof that flowers can bloom from these seeds. I am not like my father, mama. Because 1% of you inside me is the reason why I believe and we've come a long way from belt buckles and criticism. And I just want you to know all the love I ever knew grew to create me from you. And I'm going to take all this power and all this rage and leave my heart and soul in the Oak Cliff stage for you. Because I am not a bastard, mama. I'm a poet. I'm a man. I made it. And one day... My metaphors will open up heaven's doors and leave tear prints across the sky. And that day, that glorious, wonderful day, you and I will soar. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. You are listening to Verse and Rhythm. I am more than that. Episode 3 of the Poets Roundtable series. Coming to you live from the Oak Cliff Cultural Center. You can find more about this and other series on the journey. And obtain information about the personalities and products of our participating poets by going to Rio Sports Radio. That is at riosports.com. Click on radio. Or you can find it on matchboxmystery.wordpress.com. Click on poets. You'll find the journey, your radio show, on many internet platforms. Just Google us or pick us up free from iTunes. Download the shows, share it, or embed it. If you are a poet or you just love poetry, you can get in touch with these poets. Find out more about each of them and their work from riosports.com slash poetry dot php or just Google us. I saw Sila in the audience. How you doing? This this poet uh, is the first spoken word artist to win a stellar award. <laughs> yes. So we're very excited. Uh, for six years, I've had in the words of a sister, and for six years that she has been a part of that. I I uh, always wanted to do make certain that there was a gospel poet. Uh, our spiritual poet in the uh, show, and so when Salah, who was one of the first features, I only did a feature one year, and the first year I did features, and, and Salah was a feature. She's amazing. Um, that's my favorite word, by the way, amazing. I like to say that. But when describing you guys, you are. So, uh, Salah, to the stage. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord, everybody. How y'all feeling? Yeah. I like to walk and talk. Can y'all hear me? I can't hear. Do this piece simply called "I Will Survive." Dear Mr. and Mrs. Hater, I decided to write you a letter today. I just want to let you know that everything's okay. 
even though you try to kill my ministry and you try to kill my dreams. And Mr. Vidal, I got the true definition of what that phrase, I will survive, really means. Back in 2001, when I first twisted my hair, it was you that told me that God would never send me anywhere. You told me that God would never use me. You told me I would never be anything that God was calling me to be. I spent a lot of long nights suppressing the artistic and the creativity on the inside of me, all because your rules and regulations at the school of ministry. Isn't it funny how there's Ten Commandments in the Bible, but yet there's a hundred in the church? <laughs> I said there's Ten Commandments in the Bible, but yet there's a hundred in the church. And it's always the ones in the church that get the people hurt. But like a good student, I submitted to you, and I took my twist out. I put down my paper and my pen, and matter of fact, I didn't try to shut my own mouth. And just when you thought that my fire was about to blow out, the Holy Spirit began to whisper in my ear, I need you to survive. Because their eyes cannot see what I've given you to see, and their ears cannot hear the words I'm speaking to you. So therefore, it's impossible for anybody to do what I've called you to do. I've not called them, but I have called you. Now, I know these trials and tribulations have come to overpower you. I know they've come to take you out. And yes, I was there the night they tried to shut your mouth. But be encouraged, because I have singled you out. And only you can speak the words that I placed in your mouth. Oh, yes, I will survive. So that first time day back in 2002, I put my twist back in. And I know you thought that was rebelling against you, but I beg to differ. Because anytime God brings correction, there's always a scripture. He reminded me of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and had me go back and read Daniel chapter 3. And this is what he said to me. Nebuchadnezzar cranked the fire up seven times hotter because he thought the Hebrew boys were rebelling against him. But Nebuchadnezzar was rebelling against me. And just like your haters, they're only hating on you because they're deceived. So this time when you go into the fire and you come out, I will silence the words that are coming out of their mouths. And then he picked me up and carried me into the recovery room so I could begin to heal from all my wounds because there ain't no hurt like church hurt. When I was finally healed, I picked up my paper and my pen. I started writing poetry again. I even went back into the studio and get my swagger back because I was finally free from all your crazy attacks. Oh, yes, it took me a minute to get on what you tried to do to me. But today I'm standing on this microphone because I'm totally free and God is blessing me. He has given me anointing that's all my own now. They say what doesn't kill you will make you strong. So in closing, Mr. and Mrs. Hater, I just want to say thank you for hating on me. Because in the midst of your craziness, I've got enough strength to embrace my destiny. Thank you for those late nights that I stayed and cried. In the midst of your craziness, I got the true definition of what that phrase really means. I will survive. Rodney Garza, this guy is amazing. Uh, I love what I love about poetry is is that um, and going to different venues is that sometimes when you go to you you get stuck on a venue and you go everybody sound you can close your eyes and everybody sounds the same. And what I love about fresh venues and go is that everybody has a different voice. And when I heard Rodney and his style, I just really just fell in love with him instantly. And so I thank you for coming out, Mr. Rodney. I, I probably should let Scylla give an introduction. Scylla, do you want to give an introduction? He's just an amazing human being. He's, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's done so much. He's, he's written like one man shows, and he's performed in different cities throughout the U.S. And um, in fact, he's here to create today. Thank him 
so much. So tell the people where you're from. Well, um, I like to say I'm from Aslan, so because I've been around, I've been here and there, a migrant, both as a worker and a human. So I, I can't say that I'm from one place, so I like, I like the word Aslan because Aslan takes us way back. Where even these lands were Aslan at some point, so I'm from here, I'm from there, I'm from uh, anywhere I can, uh, I guess, call my own. Okay. Roger Barnes, I feel good that, uh, to be able to, to speak two languages. There was a point in my life where I was actually kind of embarrassed that, that I spoke Spanish. I mean, I was kind of made to feel that way growing up. Um, and so, luckily for my grandmother, she, she, she kind of cried in my, in, in, my, in my presence one time and asked me never to forget my first language. And so that touched me, and I vowed to her that I never would. And so I write uh, both in English, Spanish, and bilingually. So I call this one the One Love Marley Wanos. Wee 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 wee. We got no need, no need, no need for speed. We're the one love Marley Wanos with a built-in need for weed. <laughs> We're here to take the lead, do our good deed. Help spread one love, one heart message, just as Marley would indeed. So please hear our heed, help us sow the seed. Share the sacred herb with others, help the earth succeed. <laughs> Bring up a brighter breed through a conscientious creed. Partake of the potent plant without grubby grab and greed. Help stop or help help stop the drug war bleed. Let fragrant flower be freed. World peace would come at last, absolutely guaranteed. <laughs> help the hemp products exceed more than ten trillion feet. It's now time to spark it up, puff and pipe for peace we please. We've got no need, no need, no need for speed. We're the one love Marley Waddles with a built-in need for weed. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, God. And I guess I'm going to challenge you all, most of you, all, some of you may, may be uh, bilingual. Uh, I am going to do one all in Spanish. Um, and, and one, just because uh, uh, right now uh, um, I'm lucky, fortunate to be working with a group called Caramia Theater Company. Thanks. And uh, so we, we started a show last, uh, last fall, a show called Dreamers, and now that show has been expanded, and now we call it Dreamers, A Bloodline. And it, it deals with the topic of immigration, and I, being an immigrant, that's a topic close to, to my heart. Um, so this one, unfortunately, I had to write it in Spanish because of the rhyme scheme and such that came to me. Uh, but the, it, it, the title of it is called La Madre de la Inmigración. And basically, it's, a, it's kind of a riff on, uh, you've heard the, 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 the phrase,
phrase, uh, necessity is the mother of invention. Well, I feel that necessity is the mother of invention, but it's also the mother of immigration. So uh, this is, that's what it's about. If you'd like, I'll give you a, 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 a full translation later, but I'll do it in Spanish. Dicen que la necesidad fue madre de la invención, pero también fue la madre de la mentada inmigración por cuestión de sobrevivir y dar alimentación. La necesidad dio a la luz a la invención y a la inmigración. La inmigración nació hace millones de años. La humanidad se mudó en masas de todos tamaños. Unos cuidaban la tierra, otros dejaban sus daños, unos robaron lo ajeno entre tratados de engaños. Hay que reconocer la hipocresía cuando es obvia. Siempre hay más que aprender habiendo más de dos lados de la historia. A nadie le gusta perder. Todos buscamos la gloria. Hay que evolucionar sin distorsionar la memoria. Dicen que la necesidad fue madre de la invención, pero también fue la madre de la mentada inmigración por cuestión de sobrevivir y dar alimentación. La necesidad dio a la luz a la invención y a la inmigración. Todas las razas del mundo una vez han emigrado, cruzando los mares profundos, llegando de lado a lado. No importa que seas mojado por el océano salado, o que seas político, aislado, o rico, seco, legalizado. Todos queremos las mismas cosas. Paz, amistad y prosperidad. Pero para llegar a ese fin necesitamos más creatividad. Y en cuestión de los derechos, nada menos que igualdad. Para que todos disfrutemos libertad con felicidad. Dicen que la necesidad fue madre de la invención, pero también fue la madre de la mentada inmigración por cuestión de sobrevivir y dar alimentación, la necesidad yo a la luz, a la invención y a la inmigración. Romperemos las barreras, abriremos las fronteras, madre tierra o la muerte, abriremos más fronteras, romperemos las barreras, abriremos más fronteras, madre tierra o la muerte, abriremos más fronteras. Gracias.
you guys, if you guys get the chance uh, to see Dreamers, what's it called now? Dreamers. Dreamers Day Bloodline is running May 31st through June 15th at the LCC Cultural Center. So, yeah, so please, my goodness, and the theater is gorgeous. Uh, but I had the opportunity, uh, Scylla invited me. It was probably the best show I had seen uh, this season. It was amazing, amazing, amazing. So uh, please support and thank you, Rodney. I am Neville D'Angelo. You are listening to Verse and Rhythm, Episode 3 of the Poets Roundtables series, entitled, I Am More Than That. Along the journey, we stop at intriguing places and meet fascinating people with novel solutions to some of life's tricky questions. And we play a few games and track the remarkable characters of three classic books, A Soundbite Life, Flight of the Fused Monkeys, and Illicet, A Time to Begin Again all of which can be found on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. You can pick us up free on iTunes. You can find us on ryosports.com, R-Y-O-S-P-O-R-T-S.com. You can find us on SoundCloud, on Tumblr, on Matchbox Mystery. Ladies and gentlemen, X Blue Rain. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. All right. How you all doing tonight? Okay, so this is my first time, obviously, here. It's a very beautiful place, and I love, I find it a pleasure to meet you. I've heard about you when I first started doing poetry four years ago. I brag a lot about Texas. I'm actually in East Texas. I was born in St. Louis, but I was raised in East Texas, Longview, Texas. Mean Green 96, so this is home for me, you know, and uh, I love doing it. So grateful for Mike. He, uh, he he took me under his wing, and he's like, hey, if I got something, I'm going to drag you there. And I did a, a show earlier. We're here, and then we're going somewhere else. <laughs> then we're back somewhere tomorrow. So this first one is actually called Heaven's Key, and uh, I listened to a, a – I grew up uh, very much Christian – like strong Christian, like the, like there's God and then there's my family. <laughs> so, but as I got older, <laughs> as I got older, I started appreciating my skin, my melanin, and I was told that I was beautiful and goddess and eclectic, and I learned about life and you know natural hair, and I was like, oh, I like being black. I, I really do, and one of the most profound men that I've ever heard speak on the black woman is Minister Farrakhan. I am, I am not in the nation, but he had this message, and the message was woman of virtue, and he was talking about the value of the womb. I'm a mother of six children, and needless to say, I don't get the support that I need from the counterparts, but then hearing him speak about how valuable I am, I realize that part of the reason I don't get the support was I picked counterparts that were unsupportive from the beginning because I didn't support 
myself. So I like doing this piece to a lot of uh, young women. You know, the, the, the one line that's the cuss word really goes over well, but it, it captures their attention. So the name of this is it's called Heaven's Key. I heard a minister say that my womb is sacred, a place where God makes his greatest creations, that in between my legs is not a place of recreation, and anyone who gets to lay with me must consider it a blessing, but here's the lesson. Because, sisters, we keep letting unbelievers into heaven, giving out free slurpy samples like it's 7-Eleven. No wonder many brothers believe that salvation is free. But there's a cost to everything, and no matter what, we pay. We pay in tears, and we want him to stay, but he can't. Because every night his wife is expecting him to lay with her. Uh, how about when we let them in when they say, hey, boo-boo. <laughs> hey, boo-boo. You know I love you. All noun, no verb. Allowing verbs to fertilize our foliage so he has no inspiration to see our worth. Clean hands mean no work so he can't fertilize our earth. Angry wounds and broken hearts are what's left. No wonder we birth gods of destruction and death. And yes, we can blame the men, but the responsibility of guarding us starts with self. You are your own gatekeeper. Stop leaving the doors open to heaven, expecting someone else to take care of it. I mean, love yourself, love your health. And dis-ease has more than just to do with STDs. It has to do when your spirit bleeds because you've allowed an energy into your soul carrying disrespect, disregard, and is uncontrolled. I mean, why give such a weak man a stronghold in your ability to produce? And I'm sorry, but ladies... If you call him an ain't shit nigga, that probably means you an ain't shit bitch too. So then what should we do? We should stop living lies and daily walk in truth. See, we are queens and goddesses, beautiful in spirit. Our melanin is our connection to the universe, the earth, and the sun, which is why we glow when we in it. I mean, live in the Isis spirit. One king for your queen. One God for your heaven. Stop letting jokers in it. You're not a football field, so please stop letting him play with you. If he spit one thing and live another, you're Cleveland, and he's LeBron James in you. No. <laughs> no different than the slave master's speech that seems so sweet. He enslaving you, but because he looks like you. It's cool. And yes, everybody plays the fool sometimes. I wish one time would do, but ladies, y'all know how we do. We'd be like, girl, he got a good job, nice car, big dick, and he fine, too. I get it. But will he provide for you? Take care of your needs and provide for your seeds. I mean, does he love you enough to put on a condom, or does he have raw expectations with ease? Does he get into your heaven without having a lifetime admission and no fee? Keep giving heaven away like penny candy. You're going to find yourself pennies away from loving happiness, praying for God to set you free. Kind of hard for him to do that when you're the one that holds the key. That's that piece. Cost no salvation. I do have books. I'm actually a published author. I have. Thank you. I have. Uh, I have six published books, self-published, one per kid. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so the name of this poem is actually Cost No Salvation, and uh, in uh, I wrote this December 26, 2009. That's how poignant this is for me. Um, at that time, I was. 
um, in a arrangement that he felt like he needed to get out of four weeks after we had a brand new baby and months after I just became homeless, lost my job, lost my car, and he was cheating. Bam. I know, right? I was like, really, God? You must hate me. I don't know what I did, but I will never do that again. But it was funny because I tell people that at that moment when I lost, because I'm a licensed cosmetologist. I do my my career at that time was doing makeup, making other people beautiful, and I didn't see no true value in myself. I was permeated out of the wise. What I'm talking about, dark and lovely every four weeks. You understand what I mean? <laughs> was eating, wasn't eating right, wasn't taking care of me. And when he left, I was mad. And I'm like, really, God, you're going to put me here? And I had a friend of mine, and he says, what is, what is it? And I write. And I, I said, yeah, I write. And he said, well, so you write poetry? And I was like, yeah. He said, well, maybe that's what you're supposed to be doing. And I'm like, no. That's <laughs> <laughs> I need a job. I got six kids. <laughs> Even if I made seven twenty-five an hour, that only leaves me a dollar twenty-five cents to myself. If I gave them one each dollar, I'm like, nah, bro. But I remember it was it was in St. Louis. It snows pretty bad, and I had put the kids to bed, and I was I went outside because I just I cried. I just I had to. And as moms, if you're a mom, you know what it's like to protect your children. You don't want them to know when it's bad. You know you don't care how bad. I never knew how bad things were until I got older. I was like, wow, my mama did all of that. It's amazing how she made peanut butter and jelly gourmet and hamburger heifer and salad was like a, you know what I mean? Anybody else had hamburger heifer? you know. Hey. And I just remember I cried and I was mad at God and I was just mad. And I looked down in the snow and I, I, saw my, I saw my reflection, not myself at that time, but I saw a better me. And the me that I saw, I'm not even there yet, which is really, really exciting because I keep her I, I look at her every morning and I say, good morning, love, because I know when I get there, it's going to be complete within myself. And so the name of this piece is called Snow Salvation. It's probably one of the most spiritually connected pieces I've ever written because it's evolved over time. It, it keeps growing. No matter what I do, it keeps growing. So, But it's called uh, Snow Salvation. Last night I talked to God in the snow. Yes, it was cold, but my spirit felt bold because I knew I wasn't alone. I asked him to show me his plan for my life, but all I could see was misery and strife. And I'm like, wait a minute, where are the good times? I know they got to be found in between my good rhymes, right? And God told me to look down, and I saw my reflection, and he said, you, my child, are my greatest perfection. And I'm like, no, that can't be, because I've lied and wanted to kill. He said, but every time you come to me on your knees, you keep it real. And I'm like, single woman out here feels like I just can't get a man. And God smiled at me and said, baby girl, I understand, but this ain't about you. This is about what I've called you to do. So I said, okay, God, since I got your attention, let me ask you a question. Is there any, and I mean any real meaning to me, because every time, and I mean every time, and I mean every time I try to show someone who I am, they don't like what they see. And God sat down in the snow, and he looked at me with wonder. And he asked me a question. He said, do you remember what they did to your big brother? Because I knew before time came that my son would be slain, just like I knew about the birth of ex Rain. See, he reminded me that being chosen is not a mistake because he chose me for what is at stake, which is the people that he creates. Because when he sees us, he sees purpose. And he sent his son before us because he said we're worth it. 
Then God got up and walked over to me and reminded me that it breaks his heart to see me in pain, which is why he promised to put me back together again. It breaks his heart to see me play like a toy, which is why he said every time I sow in tears, I'm a reaping joy. It breaks his heart that no man has had sense enough to call me his good thing. But he said, baby girl, don't worry about that. I'm not just going to send you a husband. I'm going to send you a king. And it breaks his heart to see my faith depleting, which is why he promised to answer the door every time I'm knocking and seeking. And when I wrote this piece, I had tears in my eyes because the pain of a newly broken heart was very much alive. But see, now I understand that pain is the evidence of living. So even though this hurts, I got to keep on giving because, see, this, this is my cross to bear. And I'm obligated by this gift, this love to share. See, I don't do this for applause or standing ovation. This right here, this is my calling, my snow salvation. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, here once again is Mr. Humanity to demonstrate his amazing artistry. I like to be inspired by the space, just like B. Rather. And uh, being inspired means I like to create. 
in that new space. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you to uh, give us words, and I'm going to create an original poem. Then uh, I'll come back up just to read that poem at the end. How about y'all? Somewhere up close. Cool? That's yeah. cool? So I, I need some words. Gravy. Gravy? Somebody, you hungry? <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say groovy, but great is good. All right, keep going. Venus. Venus. Okay. Peace. Peace. Okay. Exquisite. Who? Exquisite. Exquisite. Watch those big words now. <laughs> I am for me sexy. Okay. Keep going. Love. Love. Everybody go, ah. Oh. Oh. All right, keep going. Inspiration. Inspiration. We hope. We hope. Somebody wouldn't give a word yet. Immigration. Innovation? Immigration. Immigration. The Christian love poem. I just wanted you to know that right now. <laughs> All right. All right, who? Somebody say something? Come on now, don't be afraid. Now listen. Listen. Say it all. You say? There you go right there. Now listen. We are asked to come perform all the time in front of you. Surely you can give me one word out there now. Come on now. You're not up here doing... What? Creative. Come on. Keep going. Twilight. Twilight. That's your third word. That's your limit right here. <laughs> I know your voice now. Here. Come on. That word. Butterflies. Butterflies. That's all right. We get it. We get them too. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, what's the word? I don't know. I don't know. I'm Somebody wouldn't get a word yet. Uh, cocktail. Cocktail. Midnight. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> it's going to take me that long to write the poem. <laughs> All right. Going once. Moonlight. Who? Spontaneous. Spontaneous. Retrospect. I'm, I'm going to stop you right there. Retrospect. <laughs> All right. Give it up for the word, y'all. Give it up for the word. Give it up for the word. Give it up for the word. Next time you hear these words, they'll be in a Christian love, love poem you wrote, not me. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, I'll keep short. I'll do a couple short pieces, and I'll come back uh, and, and uh, perform this. Again, my name is Mike Gwynn. You can find out more about me at MikeGwynn.biz. Uh, I have books and CDs, y'all. I have some stuff. Hey, I'm not trying to get rich. I'm just trying to get home. Y'all support me? Support me? <laughs> All right, there it is. All right. I am honored to be here at this space. I was just telling Priscilla, I'm doing... I consult all over and I come past this street every Friday at 445 from Bank of America to Chase to cash a check. Every Friday. And I never knew this beautiful space was here. Awesome job. So I just really appreciate being a part of it. While Mr. Humanity is off creating his newest masterpiece, here is Raphael to tell us about this beautiful space, the Oak Cliff Cultural Center. Yeah, this is the Oakland Cultural Center. We're part of the Office of Cultural Affairs, which is run by the City of Dallas, of course. Um, so this is your taxpayer money being used at work. So um, we normally host different events, like the Spoken Word Night, which we're really proud of. Uh, we also have like the art gallery over here, in case you guys haven't been there. It's great artwork, so feel free to stop by and check it out. Um, and like I said, if you guys have like a Facebook page, uh, make sure you go on and like us on there. We're always uh, posting our events. Um, just different things that are going around the city as well that you guys can kind of get up to date on what's going on in the art scene. And um, just continue supporting your local community art center. Thank you guys.
let's welcome back to the stage Mr. Michael Humanity Gwynn. Y'all can give him a feel, okay, for supporting me. Again, this is what I do full-time, y'all, and uh, I really would appreciate just some love. Stop by the table, get a card, get a brochure. Uh, I've got some free stuff. i got some free Frosties get coupons for a free Frosty. If you, want, if you do Frosty, I don't do Frosties anymore. I got the Frosties coupons the other day from a guy from Wendy's. But then I went vegan, which means no dairy. So, like, damn! So I've got 50 coupons. I'll be giving away some tonight, some tomorrow. Anyway, here's your, just come by and get a CD, y'all. Again, I'm not trying to get rich. I'm just trying to get home, okay? All right. So you gave me these words for this word poem. You gave me gravy, Venus, peace, exquisite, love, inspiration, immigration, sex, created, created twilight, butterflies, I don't know. <laughs> Cocktail, midnight, spontaneous, Moonlight and retrospect. Here's what I came up with. And uh, by the way, whoever wins, uh, whoever, uh, if I use your word in the title of the poem, you get a free CD. How about that? Nice. <laughs> and and a Frosty's coupon. There. <laughs> you gotta do that on behalf of the journey. I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. I really don't know what to say. I guess in retrospect, it's because seeing you gives me butterflies. <laughs> Because perhaps it's the moonlight, I'm sorry, perhaps it's the midnight in your eyes, the moonlight in your smile, the twilight inside your spontaneous style. You are created, exquisite, a queen. And I don't want to just slide my cocktail inside your Venus till you spill gravy all over yourself. No, this is not about sex. It's about love, peace, and inspiration. And I'm so glad that together... We gave in to love immigration. There you go. Michael Gwynn, everybody. You are on the journey. I am Neville D'Angelo. See you next week. Hey, hey, over here. You know, I get so sick and tired of hearing all these complaints about how there ain't no good men out there. Well, it ain't true. You see, I tried to recognize you a long time ago, but you refused to recognize me. Remember? I'm the man who watched you walk into tomorrow, placing time and distance between us with sorrow. I'm the man who was willing to be your man. Hey, I'm over here. Right here where I've always been just begging for a chance to get to know you better, but I guess my eyes couldn't shout loud enough to get your attention. <laughs> hey, remember me? I used to try that Volvo, wore old clothes, had a runny nose, but I suppose too much of me was revealing and unappealing when you threw your nose up and arrowed your eyes to the ceiling. I'm the man who opened that door at the store, left a little note on your windshield where I scribbled a poem on a grocery receipt just because I was so inspired by your smile. If you just smiled at me once in a while, your ass be smiling instead of frowning right now. But I, but I was a forgettable part of your past because I didn't have the flash or the cash but you to know that I would have worked my butt off for you. Well, I'm a good man that always stands 6'4 and big feet don't always mean more. He doesn't have to have dreads, hell. 
He may not have any hair on his head. Instead, he could just look like me. Maybe one day you will see but while you were losing sleep over that brother, you figure was a bum, I was working, affecting his poetry, flowing, growing, showing that there was much more than me than the eye could see. And if you just taking the time to notice, if you just taking the time to care, I'd have been right there and you would be all alone. But now, all you got is drama because that brother Gifford was a bomb, just a boy, and your poo nanny was his joy. You let him play with your emotions and he stole your joy. So now you get up here and read about it upset. Well, it's too late to reflect on how you disrespected yourself. That's why I left. Left you with Kool-Aid, no sugar. A baby with burgers, no money for diapers, and one windshield wiper in the same raggedy ass car. That's a thousand receipts, and you know what? It don't even run no more. But he does. You don't need to wonder where he goes. Just ask your girlfriend. She knows. So next time someone is screaming across the room with their eyes, open your heart and listen to love. Hey, do you see me now? Y'all come get my feet, okay? Come support me.